It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast and happy Christmas to you all as well. It's a pleasure to have you listening to our almost Christmas show. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Earlier this year, our interview with SaaS Business, that's Software as a Service, for those of you not familiar with the abbreviation, with Software as a Service Business Tweet Jukebox broke all our listener records. So I thought I'd bring you all another SaaS story as a little special Christmas treat today. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Greg Smith is the co-founder and CEO of Thinkific, a SaaS e-commerce business which sells a software platform for creating and selling online courses. Thinkific was founded just over four years ago, and now they have around 20,000 websites using the system. They're also achieving a 40% month-on-month growth. Now, how many of us wouldn't want those kind of stats? Hi, Greg. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And I've just given our listeners a quick overview of you, your business, and the success you're achieving at the moment. But how did you get started off in e-commerce? Well, thanks for having me on, Chloe. Um, I uh, I got started in e-commerce. Well, I actually had a few businesses all the way going up through school. I even sold clothing um, to pay my way through university. But got started with this business about 10 years ago when I launched my own online course and, and selling, started selling it online. And at the time, I was practicing as a lawyer, and my online course sales actually started exceeding my revenues as a lawyer. Wow. And so that was a really good indication that uh, there was something in the whole online education space and online courses and e-commerce. So eventually, I dove in full-time, and then a lot of other people started asking us how we were doing it. And so that's where we led into Thinkific and created that platform to let other people do their own courses because I just had a lot of people asking me if they could use our software. So we rebuilt it so that everyone else could use it. So do you still sell your own courses or are you now just all about selling the software? Uh, Both actually. So I I am all about uh, not just selling the software, but actually just helping people build businesses. That's really what I look at it is what we really enjoy doing here is helping see other entrepreneurs be successful with their business. And that's what our software is designed to do. But my online course still runs out there. It's amazing because it's full autopilot. It's uh, it's just completely passive revenue. And it's been 10 years running and it just continues to generate revenue. So it's a nice, um, nice uh, way to pay your mortgage when it's all just covered by an autopilot website. <laughs> Very much so. There's something for all of us to aspire to in whichever medium we're selling, I think. Um, So let's find out a little bit about where Thinkific is right now. Um, I'm guessing you're somewhere in America. Uh, Canada, actually. We're in Vancouver. Yep. Um, We're in Vancouver, west coast of Canada. That's us us terrible Brits being totally unable to tell the difference between American and and, uh, American and Canadian accents. So sorry about that. It's all right. I'll try and throw in a little more Canadianism. (laughs) Yeah, that that would be great. And I did discover the other day that um, Canadians like the UK say niche and not niche, which was... Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's really funny. I've adopted, just in the last year, I've adopted the word niche instead of niche uh, to fit in and make sense. Because I started saying niche in uh, American podcasts and shows and interviews, and people were asking me what I was saying. So I've started saying niche. I've now got to a point where I'll quite often say niche niche. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've kind of got double barreled with it. Tomato, tomato, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, yeah. sorry. So you're in Canada and you're selling globally, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, we do have people all over the world using it. Okay, excellent. And the what's the, are you on a bespoke platform, I'm guessing? You're not using a Shopify or a Magento? Yeah, we actually, I, I, we could refer to think of it kind of like the Shopify for online courses. Uh, so it's similar to Shopify, except instead of selling physical goods, you're selling digital goods on it. And uh, so, yeah, we use our, we use our own platform and everything is custom built or bespoke. And that, that platform, your Shopify for online courses, because we ought to talk a little bit about the product here as well, I think, because mm-hmm. there may be people going, you, you, what does it do, Chloe? What does it do? Um, <laughs> do you want to just explain the Thinkific product for everybody listening? Sure. I, mean, I won't go to super in-depth, but it's just a, a platform that makes it very, very easy to uh, create and launch your own online courses. But the key is, like Shopify, we give it to you on your site, your brand. So you get control over the branding, the customers, the data. And then there's the whole e-commerce engine built into it. So that ability to kind of plug into Stripe, PayPal, that sort of thing, and collect payments for it. And uh, so it just allows people to get out and educate their customers. Some people sell the courses just themselves for revenue. And then some people use the courses actually as a marketing tool or lead generation. So we see a lot of companies actually giving away courses for free. And it's a way of driving customers into other areas of their business as well. So do you see any retailers doing that given the audience that we've got out there for the podcast? I do, which is really interesting. And and I've been hearing more and more about some of these retailers using it in interesting ways. So for example, I've seen people who retail uh, retailers with jewelry, doing courses on jewelry design or making jewelry. So they start teaching the sort of how I made my product, which is really interesting because then you can get out on channels like Instagram, Facebook, and and market or offer this free course uh, where people can come in and learn a little bit about your product or how it was made, uh, maybe even from an interest of them making it themselves. And then let's be honest, lots of people are lazy. They see how it's made, they're really intrigued, and then they realize they have to go out and buy a bunch of tools to do it, and they just end up ordering from your website and buying it. So I've seen people doing it in the jewelry space, in all sorts of dog and pet supply type stuff where they do you know, courses on even stuff like dog training uh, that then leads into buying dog, doggy treats, doggy toys, stuff like that, or even some really cool stuff in the drone industry where they're training on how to fly drones or how to use some of these toys and then people are ending up purchasing and ordering those uh, items from their e-commerce sites. Oh, wow. So it's kind of kind of great quality customer support content for pre or post purchase, but then they're using it to generate traffic as well as to look after the person who's bought. Yeah. Plus what I find is you basically take a, you know, maybe curious person, turn them into a power user, super customer and referral engine because you take them from someone who might just order a product from you and get it and then their experience is sort of up to them and you say look I'm going to I'm going to be there the whole journey to show you how to use it how to say if it's a drone fly it if it's a jewelry maybe how to wear it how to accessorize it uh all of this stuff that you're actually showing them how to do and so they walk away as if they were the neighbor down the street and you just dropped this off at their house and then showed them how to be really successful with your product and now they're kind of taking that knowledge and promoting it to other people and I find for referrals, people love to make referrals when they feel they have some sort of extra special knowledge to share as opposed to, I bought this product, it's really cool, you should get it too. If they feel they know something that you don't, that's when they make a lot more referrals. So the, the training aspect can be really cool from the referral engine side. Oh, cool. And um, I guess the the side, you know, how they're using it if they're not selling the course is you've got to give an email address to sign up. 
Yeah, typically you would you would give that email address. So the other benefit then is your list building as well, so that you can then go and market future products to all of them as too. Oh, cool. So um, I think that's probably got the product in everybody's heads. So yep. I'm sure we'll come back to it. But it, the, what's the what's the team behind the business? Because if you've got twenty thousand odd websites using the system and some fairly crazy growth on the go. How, what, how are your humans dealing, dealing with it all? <laughs> uh, humans are dealing really well. We have a ton of fun. We've done some good fun retreats. We had a boat party just uh, last week. We're up to 22 people all in-house right now and hiring for about eight other positions. So basically hiring as fast as we can to just find amazing people to join the team and have more fun with and help more people create businesses. And you do everything in-house from building the system to the customer service to the marketing? We do. There's a, well, there's one or two sort of like, you know, a few hundred dollar a month kind of contracts we have for a little bit of VA type outsourcing for some quick tasks. But basically, yeah, 99% of the stuff we do is all in-house. Wow. That's, um, that, that both, I guess, kind of allows you to grow really fast because the people are there ready to do things and able to kind of pivot and move around quite quickly. But at the same time, you've got the challenge of, you, if to, you know, to grow, you've got to get another body in. You can't just hire an outsource service. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly there, there's, there's pros and cons for sure, but I just, you know, the a really big thing for us too is customer service and, and having the whole customer service team here uh, being experts in what we do just makes for a much better experience for our customers. So um, all of that's been a pretty important aspect of it. And I know people can do really well with outsourcing. We just haven't experimented very much with that yet. And you mentioned right at the start, which I guess is is why, you know, customer service is so important, that the entire business idea grew out of customer demand. It did. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a an interesting need because we were filling my own personal needs to build this online course site, but then other people calling and saying, how did you do that? Um, how can I do it as well? Okay. So a nicely customer-based business, I think is what we're seeing, but which I think is awesome. But uh, but Greg, what do you think the most awesome thing about Thinkific is right now? Oh, the most awesome thing right now. Um, I, you know, it, it for me, it's always been about helping other people. You know, even before I got involved in online education and e-commerce, uh, everything I've done, I was a lawyer in a previous life. And so, you know, that was about helping my clients be successful with their business because I was in corporate law. Uh, in, when I went through school, I would always be the guy kind of maybe not so ethically sharing my answers and homework assignments with the <laughs> next to me. Uh, but it was always about helping people. And so we, everything we do here is just about helping other people succeed. And so the, the coolest thing I see is the success stories that we hear from our clients when they shoot in an email and say, you know, I was able to buy a bigger home or um, I was able to uh, take a vacation or I get to spend more time with my kids because I'm building this great e-commerce business. And just hearing that we've helped these people get over technical hurdles, get over uh, marketing hurdles and, and be successful. That's really what gets me up every morning and, and is gets me really excited. And I think that kind of goes the same for most of the people in the office here. That's um that's certainly something which which would be pretty awesome in any business, I think. Just that great customer feedback and know that you're making a difference, especially when it's so clearly aligned to your mission behind everything. Definitely. Uh, that's the beauty with the internet is you can, especially if you have a niche product, you can uh, uh, reach people all over the world. So when I created my first uh, business around the course, I went from teaching 15, 20 people in a classroom to suddenly reaching thousands around the world because it was niche. 
and and suddenly I was able to reach so many more people. So I think for all of your e-commerce listeners who are you know be able to sell those products, you go from kind of selling at the at the um, fair down the street to suddenly being able to reach thousands of people and getting that great feedback. It's just I think that's the best feeling in the world. So true. Um, every I, I have exactly the same experience in my business, or not not quite the managed to buy a new house stuff. We haven't quite got there yet, but certainly the um, this you know it's, it's just so lovely to receive an email where you know you've helped someone. Um, yeah. So we've got Thinkific, the platform that other people are using to create their own kind of e-commerce business, selling these these courses. How do you how do you get more customers into Thinkific? How are you going about growing it? What's your, your key marketing methods? Uh, we, so, you know, in, in marketing, I've always been uh, experimental. So I'll try a channel, play around with it for a while, dedicate to learning it and pushing on it for a while. And if it works, then we double, triple down, even hire people to just focus on that if it makes sense. And then we move on to the next one and experiment in that area. So we have a lot of different channels from uh, blog and content creation to YouTube and video. Um, but some of the, the really fun ones I'm liking lately would be uh, Instagram, I think, especially for your audience, if there's any visual element to the kind of if there's physical goods involved, uh, you know, especially on, you know, things like clothing and jewelry and, you know, lingerie and all of these drones, uh, toys, all of that kind of stuff, the visual elements to Instagram and the way people interact with it. There's such a, I think, a great e-commerce opportunity there. And I think we see that although Facebook has more e-commerce purchases led from it, and that's obviously a super powerful platform, and we use the, that heavily. E uh, Instagram, I think, has a, a bigger cart size, so people will spend more from Instagram. Uh, and, and so I see that as a, a great opportunity on the e-commerce side. And even though it's been around for a while now, I, I still don't see people fully taking advantage of it. I think it's one of those platforms that a lot of people struggle with to work out how they, how they turn it into something that actually drives them traffic. And it's not just yeah. putting up pictures, which obviously yeah. it is just putting up pictures, but there's, there is a kind of a fine art that's almost hidden if you don't know how it works. Yeah. Do you have any, a couple of tips for anyone who's thinking of getting going with Instagram for the first time? Yeah, definitely. So a few things, um, a company I really like is called Later. They're at later.com and they've got a tool for, you know, scheduling and managing your posts through Instagram. Um, so that's, that's a good tool. And then I, I love their blog in terms of the, it gives you a ton of feedback on how to do things. So one thing I learned when we were launching our Instagram feed was just to make a, a consistent feel. So one of the big drivers for people actually subscribing and following your Instagram feed is if they, if they go to your feed and they skim through all of the photos where they appear on that sort of one listing of three by threes and they see consistency. So whether that's a consistent filter or there's like a nice, white background to most of the photos or, um, you know, they're all like reds and greens or whatever it is. If there's a consistency through that, that inspires people to actually subscribe, which is something I never would have thought of, but statistically that's important. And then they, I don't remember the ideal times of day to post, but they've got some good stats there on, on the later blog on, uh, you know, ideal times of day to post, which can be an important thing as well. So you, you would have thought that, um, variety would get people more interested than, um, you know, same background, same background, same background, same background. I'm quite surprised by that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be same background. You know, it could be a checkerboard. So you've got black, white, black, white, or dark, light, dark, light. But is I think the key is that when you look at it as a whole, it's got some some flow, some pattern, some design 
to not just each individual picture, but how all the pictures work together. And so I think even if you just spend 20 minutes cruising around Instagram and then looking at a bunch of things, you'll start to see the bigger accounts uh, that have a ton of people following them. They've built up to a consistency. And what I love to do is actually even for some of the big accounts is scroll back to the very start of their feed and look at how inconsistent it is at the beginning and how consistent it is now. And they've learned over time to do that. So it's kind of there's, there's a style that fits with the brand that those Instagram pictures have. Yes, definitely. Like you'd expect to see on a website, a similar style or in across a marketing campaign, a similar style, I suppose. Which exactly. Actually, if you think yeah. of it that way, it's quite obvious. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I never really looked at it that way. But you're right. You know, there's a telecom company here where every time I see their ads, it's a white background with some cuddly animals on it. And so I always know it. if I see a picture of an animal on a white background, I just assume it's them. And that's massive branding power if you can get it to that to that yeah. point. Something for us all to aspire to. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, and kind of another angle of marketing is the price and the way the product's put together. Do you do you do like a freemium option, or if you've got different levels, what's the you know what's the way you've optimized that side side of the SaaS mix, which is so important when you're only selling the one product essentially. Yeah, I mean, for us, we do have a freemium model. So, and it's pretty generous. So, people could actually come in, set up a site, brand it, make it look their own, and sell or give away free courses uh, through Thinkific uh, all on the free plan. So, we're pretty generous on that free plan. Um, we have do do have some opportunities to upgrade to a monthly fee for some additional features, uh, but the free plan is kind of use it forever. Uh, for as long as you want with no limits on things like courses or students. And so it's uh, it's pretty generous that way for people using it. And I find that works quite well. Um, it just, it it's very attractive to people and it brings in a lot of people. And then if they need the upgrades, they can go and get them. Lots of people don't. We have people who've been on the free plan for years. I suppose it, it's your platform is one of those where if someone's getting into it in order to make money right there on the platform, they want to get to a certain scale before they can afford they can afford an in inverted commas the the monthly fee, and if they're there to generate leads, they need to generate a certain number of leads before it's worth paying the fee. So you're not restricting them to you've got three months to make it work, or we're going to charge you. It's a uh, you know you get it right, and then once you've got it right, that's when we're, we're going to start making some money. Exactly, and and I like like I said, we're driven by making people successful, and so the last thing we want is sort of put the ticking clock on building their business. We want to just help them get there as quickly as they can, but just give them whatever time they need to make that happen. And then if they're successful and they like our product and they want to pay for it at some point in the future for something different, they can. But like I said, lots of people using it for free for a long period of time. So how much, what's kind of the ratio between the effort you put into getting the initial sign up or for kind of from a marketing stamp, marketing and sales standpoint versus the effort you're putting in to convert someone from freemium to paid? Or to, you know, get them to go up through the levels to the point where they'd be ready to start paying? Uh, so for us at Thinkific, if we're bringing someone in to, to be free on it and then getting them to upgrade? Yeah, I, I guess it's um, it's kind of like a two-stage customer acquisition, isn't it? You get them to sign up and then you work with that person in some way to get them big enough to need the, the paid options. So how much effort's put on either side of that coin? It's uh, it, it, it. A lot of the time, it kind of depends on the customer. So a lot of people will come. They'll look at our pricing, look at our features. They're experienced in the game, and they know exactly what they want, and they'll go straight to a paid plan. 
more often people will hop in and try things out for free. They'll write us some questions, chat with our support team, figure out how to get things set up, and then move potentially move up to a paid plan. We don't do a lot of selling or pushing. We really don't even have a sales team. My belief is maybe a bit unorthodox in business, but it's just help people, help them be successful, and offer them the opportunity to upgrade if they want, but not push it. So we really don't do a lot of pushing on that. Our big push is just to help them be successful. So most of our time that I guess you could say works people through the the funnel from free to paid is just about um, providing great service to them. So, you know, if you compare that to the e-commerce model, it might be more similar to a Zappos where you order your shoes from them and then you call them up and say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble booking a restaurant this weekend. Can you find one for me? And their customer service people will probably actually book a restaurant for you because they're that driven to just be helpful. Uh, so we yeah. kind of have that sort of mentality here. Yeah, cool. So is that, that side of things, that helpful side of things, is that a lot of kind of training courses that people can go on given you've got that platform? Is it <laughs> blogs and examples, case studies? I'm guessing you put an awful lot of work on the content side post sign up. Definitely. Yeah. So we have a lot of uh, workshops. We'll do, we even do interviews uh, where we give a lot of advice. We have uh, onboarding calls where we can uh, actually hop on the phone with clients and help them uh, one-on-one go through getting everything set up and answer their questions. Lots of courses, like you mentioned on, on how to, you know, get things set up, how to market it, how to use it to generate leads, uh, how to use different tools to actually market it. So a lot of training and programs and courses to to help move people along. And then, yes, definitely the blog side of things. We were, I think, a little late to start on a really good blog. We've got an amazing uh, blogger who actually also has his own podcast, so yeah. funnily enough. But um, we uh, the blog side, I find, is works really, really well. But I, the interesting thing on the blog is what I think is that moving away from uh, you know, daily 500 word or short posts is, uh, I don't find those to be super helpful in terms of generating traffic. What I find works better is if you blog less, but blog epic. So epic blog posts <laughs> that are just the resource for that area because you generate so many more social shares and, uh, and, and inbound links to it uh, or backlinks by having that epic post. So even for my own initial e-commerce businesses, I found if I created an epic post outside of my blog and I only did four or five a year, that actually generated more traffic than all of my daily blog posts. Well, that's a great tip for everybody. Create the the blog post for whatever it is you're talking about. And um, I guess the good thing about it is that all the content you create to help people who are already on your platform um, is also bringing more traffic in and helping people sign up for the first time. It's kind of a double whammy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly. And that's where the sort of education piece plays really well with whatever kind of e-commerce business you're running is if you're offering education for your clients and really trying to help them think about what problems they have, not just selling your product, but saying, you know, what problem does someone have? Um, even if it's say something like jewelry, like I know I keep going back to that, but if you're, if you're looking at how are you going to accessorize or plan or, you know, design the outfit or, or that kind of stuff, if you really educate and help them with the problems they might have with that, it not only helps your existing customers, but it'll attract and bring in more and make those existing customers go out and share that. Excellent. And uh, Greg, one last question before we get into the top tips round. What's on the radar for the next six, 12 months? What's, what's, what's coming up? Uh, biggest stuff for me is, is building our team. <laughs> We've got, 
an awesome group here. So just trying to maintain that uh, awesome team culture that we have of being super helpful and, and adding more people to that. And then really listening to our clients and finding out what it is that they are continuing to, to find out what it is that they want for the future, adding to that. And then looking at some few, a few cool sort of um, very forward thinking, innovative stuff at um, incorporating some of the new technologies that are coming out to make um, e-commerce that much better. So some more of that experimental, give it a go stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some really cool stuff out there in the space like bots and artificial intelligence and virtual reality. And a lot of that stuff is probably a little far out to really fully integrate to e-commerce quite yet, but we're always keeping it on the radar so we're not missing the boat on it. Excellent. Well, um, it's now time for the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives all of us some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Greg, your book top tip first up, if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I've got three, so I'll go through them really quickly. If you're thinking about starting a business, read The Alchemist. If you've just started it and are no revenue or low on the revenue, read um, uh, The Lean Startup. And if you are already starting to scale that business, read the book Scaling Up. Wow, that was super fast. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I should also say that um, as this podcast goes out, Friday is the day before Christmas Eve. So I totally understand if you're not all going to take this Friday off to sit down and read a book and if you're doing things with your family, that's fine. You can leave those books till we get to January if that suits you better. Uh, The traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Oh yeah, there's so many out there. I mean, we talked a little bit about the whole Instagram side and that obviously gets the press that it deserves and maybe more so, but uh, I still think there's a lot of opportunity there on the on the Instagram side of things. Um, I, I'm really continuing to use YouTube a lot as well uh, in just putting out great visual content and helping people with problems and then using that to drive to your website. And if you set it up right, you can have it so someone clicks right on your YouTube video and drives to your site. Uh, And then the other interesting one I find that works surprisingly well and just requires so low effort or technical knowledge and is great for new people to the space is Quora. And Quora is just a Q&A site and you can go and answer questions and be super helpful. And then after you've been helpful and added value, provide a link back to your site. Another three great, great um, recommendations. I'm just going to say, and remember, but if you're going on down the Instagram route, then make sure you check out later.com that Greg's already recommended as a great resource for learning how to do that better. Next up then, the, ne- the third top tips question is the tool top tip. This might be a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? We probably spend I ten to $20,000 a month on tools. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many tools. My, my approach is if there's a tool out there and it's going to make you more efficient, let's get it. Let's put it in. Now, we, we also cut tools out two months later if we realize we're not using them really, really well. Uh, the later.com one is a great tool because it just allows you to manage and schedule all your visual media um, beyond just Instagram. Uh, you know, into things like, say, Pinterest and stuff like that. But uh, the other, another one internally is Trello, uh, which is a great little kind of um, to-do list uh, project management type tool. And it starts off so simple, but it actually has pretty powerful expansion so you can go beyond it. So even if it's just you managing your day-to-day tasks, 
it's a great way to kind of build a little list of tasks and then move them from stage to stage, like, you know, to do in progress, ideas, done, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, so I love that tool. Excellent. A couple of great tips there, everybody. And then the startup top tip. Greg, if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? I would say uh, think marketing and market first. Uh, go out and, and figure out you know where you're going to get that market. And then uh, that would be part of it. And then the other thing was do it. If you're thinking about doing it this weekend, start it and launch it and get something out this weekend. It's totally possible. We had a, we had a uh, company challenge where people had to launch a e-commerce business in this case courses uh, in 24 hours and get people signed up and one of the people here who'd never done anything before like this was kind of intimidated by the whole thing had a hundred people signed up uh, well she launched in 24 hours had 60 signups within 24 hours and a hundred signups uh, by the end of the weekend so you can oh. definitely do it so a lot of people I think get held back by oh I have to have the perfect launch everything's got to look great just get something out there and get people signing up and start building that list of potential customers. Oh, such good advice. There's so many people I hear of who are like, oh yeah, our website's nearly ready. It's nearly ready. When's the website going live? Another couple of weeks, another couple of weeks. I'm like, it's already 10 times better than what you've got live right now. Can we please yeah. put it live? Just, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Just get it out there. Um, okay. So Greg, before we say goodbye, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and on social media, please? Yeah, definitely. So we'll, what we can do actually is just put together a special place for people from your podcast to check it out. So we can do that at get.thinkific.com slash masterplan. Uh, so that's get get.thinkific, T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C.com slash masterplan. And I'll actually make sure that we throw in a bunch of resources there about marketing e-commerce businesses in general. We've got a really cool 30 and 30 program that goes through a whole bunch of sort of programs about how to actually build and market businesses talks about some of the tools that I talked about there and we'll throw access to all of that kind of stuff up there for free so if people want to check that out uh, plus they if they're interested in doing courses or using them as lead gen and marketing programs we can uh, put up access to Thinkific there too. Oh, that'd be marvellous, Greg. Thank you very much. And um, I'll add links to that uh, and everything else we talked about today in the show, which has been plenty of tips and ideas. Masterplan World, you can find all of those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 81, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Greg, thank you so much for being on the show today and for sharing so much with us. It's been, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chloe. It was an absolute pleasure. And happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. <laughs> so what a great mix there for you all today. A load of stuff about how he's gone about growing his e-commerce business and structured the pricing and also that, that undeniable focus on the customer and customer service in order to grow, via which they're achieving, achieving a 40% growth. Um, and then we've also got the great advice he gave you about how people are people just like you other e-commerce business owners are using his platform the free version of his platform to create ways that are bringing both bringing customers in but also giving new customers a better experience to create more referrals and more growth. So a, a nice little one there as we wind down for Christmas or not wind down for Christmas. I think we're just about to approach the last order dates as this one comes out. So I hope you're all doing well and the picking and packing is going well and the sales have come in as you expected and that you're able to take just a couple of days off before the January sales start. 
Have a great Christmas, everybody. And um, don't forget to keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.